Hello and welcome back to the Sick of It podcast. Today I interviewed Michelle Worthington and we spoke all about writing and publishing children's books as well as being a mum and discovering you have autism as an adult. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Can you give us like a quick background on your experience with disability and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I am a mum of three boys. My eldest and my youngest are on the spectrum and my middle boy has auditory processing disorder. Myself, I've had a really long journey with endometriosis since I was 16 years old uh, and I'm going on my own discovery of um, autism and uh, adult diagnosis as well. So yeah, there's a lot happening in our household. How is that like adult autism diagnosis process going? Slow. I'm really getting a lot of pushback, uh, especially because a lot of my doctors, uh, especially my GP knows me so well. And I'm coming to them saying, look, I'm learning a lot about it through my own children and I can see a lot of similarities with myself growing up, but I'm so ingrained at masking now. And I was told by one professional that I'm too successful to have autism. So it's been very frustrating. Yeah, I think that's what you hear from a lot of people, particularly women who mm. are adults trying to get diagnosed. Boys, ha- I've also heard it's quite can be quite an expensive process to get diagnosed, even in Australia. Absolutely, even with my kids, uh, Jordan, he's uh, twenty two, and he got his diagnosis at twelve, and he didn't initially want to uh, be labeled as autistic so he didn't tell anybody for a very long time and he also didn't get help for a very long time and it wasn't until he was uh, uh, after uni I think it was so he'd, he'd had some time to grow up a little bit and to get comfortable in his own skin and he did his own research into what autism was and how that defined him or didn't define him so he didn't actually start acknowledging his diagnosis and looking for ways to help until he was about 19. Yeah because a lot of people there is a big stereotype and I think we're only recently kind of getting more exposure to what autism actually is like traditionally it's just been kind of this one thing like if you see autism in the media it's just this one thing but it's so much more than that. Um, So I can imagine it does kind of feel like you're being put in a box a bit, like everyone's going to judge you and just see you in this one way if you come out and say, I have autism. I'm really grateful that things are changing and that's where I've started to put my time and energy, especially with what I do with kids. So not only am I trying to have characters in my stories who are on the spectrum but also go out to schools that are you know predominantly for children on the spectrum and let them know that they can share their story because it is it's a it's a spectrum it's a it's a rainbow of of different symptoms and I think everybody who 
is autistic can have a different experience of it and that's totally okay and it's totally valid and there's no one right way to depict a, a person who identifies as being autistic so with my own kids that's what I've really tried to do and in turn like I was saying that's really led me to reassess my childhood and realize just how under supported I was as a girl growing up with undiagnosed autism and how it's made me into the person I am today who is almost one person in public and one person in private and even my husband said to me the other day he said did you know when you talk to different people you use a different voice and the fact that he's starting to notice that and to acknowledge yeah. it, like for me, I almost wanted to cry and go, that's what I do. Nobody believes me, but I'm a different person Yeah, when I'm in different groups. Even like my body language, my facial expressions, my voice, and it's what I've always done. And it's it's just something that I think has never been picked up on before. I love that so much. So can you kind of run us through what you do? Because you do a lot. Looking at your profile, I do. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I do a lot, so uh, I don't like to sit still. Um, I started off writing picture books when my boys were little, and initially, it took me ten years to get my first picture book published because I had no idea what I was doing, and I didn't tell anybody what I was doing because if I failed, then nobody would have known. It would have just been me trying and, and I didn't have to, you know, explain to anybody or didn't have to have somebody going, so how's the book yeah. going? <laughs> so it, it really was a, a journey in secret for a very long time until I got my first picture book published by a small local publisher in 2011 and I was hooked. At the minute I had that book in my hands and I saw my name on the cover, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So the more I started looking into writing and publishing, the harder it was for me to work at that day job at the bank. It really was squishing my soul. And in 2016, um, after I'd had a really rough pregnancy and birth with my last son, I really made the ultimatum to myself that you need to follow this dream. You can't stand there teaching people how to use an ATM that just took your job and, and feeling crap. You need to actually do what brings you joy. And I gave myself one year to try and make as much money as I was making working in the bank. It ended up taking me three years, but, <laughs> but that's okay. And and that's what I do now. So I, I'm a full-time author Uh you would have seen a lot in the media recently that being an author or, or getting income from an author and uh, getting income from your royalties is not enough to have any sort of income. So it's actually what you do around that. So I do editing and I do mentoring and I do school visits and I do speaking. So all of that that happens around writing uh, and that was really hard for me because I just wanted to stay at home in my jammies and write books. That was my happy place. But then I had to, again, 
adopt that persona of I have to be that the the person who goes out and and be the storyteller, be the guest speaker, um, and I've I've really I think I've grown a lot doing that. I've grown confidence in my voice and my story, and I'm still struggling with imposter syndrome. That why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? But when you focus on the kids and especially my focus, which is kids with alternate abilities and kids on the spectrum, I see firsthand how it impacts them and that's what keeps me going. Can you give us a rundown on the process? So do you write and illustrate the books? I can't even draw stick figures. So (laughs) I, I rely on an illustrator to make me look good. And I, I think that they are the true rock stars when it comes to picture books. So it's so incredible to see your words come to life like that. I love it. And I, I let the illustrator go. I try not to give them too much illustration notes or input. I just go, here are the words. What does that look like in your head? And I love it. And I've been able to work with some amazing illustrators who have just done such an incredible job. Uh, but my process now that I'm moving up away from picture books into middle grade into young adult it's very different and I find that now that I don't have that collaborative process where I'm working as part of a team I need to be careful because I go down a deep dark rabbit hole of writing where I'm just like thinking about the book all of the time in my head and having to set alarms to pick up the kids and going whoops I didn't cook dinner (laughs) so (laughs) it's, it's a totally different process depending on what genre you're writing. So what is the process? So you write it and then what? And then you just submit it to publishers. What happens from there? So being an author is a a funny roundabout sort of thing. So basically you create your product, which is your manuscript, and you then have to sell it. So you then have to submit it to a publisher. And at the moment, I think there's a 12 to 18 month backlog before you even hear whether they want it or not. Uh, So it's a very long process from when you write it to when you actually get a contract. And then if you're writing a picture book and you're not illustrating it yourself, there's another 12 months on top of there for the illustrator to actually do the illustrations and then it be sent to the printer to actually turn into a book. So some of the books that I have coming out next year I wrote four or five years ago and it's been this huge process of making sure that I find the right publisher for my story and finding someone who sees the vision that I have with the older books. So with the uh, chapter books and with the YA, it's a little bit different. It's a shorter time frame because you're not waiting on the publishers, but it takes you longer to write. So the book I wrote about my family history took me two years to write because I had to do a lot of research. Um, but I still love collaboration. So I'm moving into ghostwriting as well, which still gives me that that team um, feeling that I really like and, and being able to bounce ideas off each other, which I think is really helpful. So it's a process that changes for everybody. Everyone has their own process, but the actual submitting to a traditional publisher is sending your heart out and waiting to see if they'll squish it or whether they will go yep actually we love it and and moving on from there 
And how does an author help you with your disability and being a mom? Like, do you find it a good way to make extra money? Is it more flexible? Do you find it better than working like more of a traditional job? Absolutely. So when I was working at the bank, I would come home so exhausted and just in tears from peopling all day. And I didn't even realize that what it was at the time I thought it was you know just that I really didn't like being yelled at all day which again (laughs) doesn't help but I I, now that I'm looking back at all of these experiences that I've had in my life through a different filter um, I, I can see just how much energy it's taken for me to be that person that fits in to society and fits into the full-time job and it's really taken this journey of me finding my voice and sharing my voice that's allowed me also to be a better mum to my kids on the spectrum because I am a lot more flexible with them you know I I say to them especially my oldest boy you know he did a degree and it really wasn't what he wanted to do and I said well don't get stuck change your degree do something else you know go with where your your heart or your passion is taking you and that's allowed him as well the freedom to know that he can do anything he wants to and he's not stuck in doing this one thing because he thinks that's the right way or that's what he should be doing so it's definitely helped on lots of levels and being able to work from home is so important with having the the kids who need me for, you know, a 22-year-old needs me just as much as the eight-year-old does just for different things and being able to be there and, and be accessible to them and also to be in a better frame of mind and, and, and be more authentically me and be happier me, I think is invaluable and I I wouldn't give that up for the world. So if someone did want to write a children's book or maybe just another book, what advice would you give them? Where should they start? I think what I say to most people is I can't help you or an editor can't help you if it's in your head. You've got to find a way to get that out of your head and onto paper. And what happens is especially uh, people on the spectrum, when they take it out of their head and write it on the paper, it never feels as good as what it did in their head. And that's because when you have got a story in your head, it's not just words, it's memories, it's sounds, it's um, colours, it's emotions. So it's like taking something that's 3D and then putting it flat onto a piece of paper and that's when they give up but what you need to know is it's a process so you'll write a really bad first draft and then you go back and you add all those beautiful layers and it's really important that you're not giving up because you think that what you have to say is not important or not relevant or that nobody else is going to want to read it everybody's story is important because you don't know if there's just one person who reads your story, one little kid who reads your story and goes, oh, they wrote that story just for me, then all of that will be worth it. And that's why we do it and not for any other reason. And have you always been like that? Like, have you always had a really large imagination, had stories going in your head? (laughs) Yes. Absolutely always had that overactive imagination that's had to be squished uh, over the years. And I can remember I didn't actually start writing 
until I was in grade six when I moved Mm. schools because I'm very, very bad at spelling. And I'm still, and this is like, this is pre-spell check. So I can remember I changed schools and my teacher said to me, Michelle, I don't understand. Like out in the playground, you're like literally making plays of a lunchtime. You're like directing people and you're, you know, coming up with these amazing ideas and you sit down to do word work and this is short sentences, you know, they're, they're boring. What's going on? And I said to her, well, my old school, my teacher just put red pen all the way through my writing. So I thought that meant I was bad at writing. And she said, no, it doesn't mean you're bad at writing. It means that you're not great at spelling and you can get better at spelling, but nobody else but you has those ideas that's in your head. So she was really the first person who gave me permission to put all of that amazing stuff that was swirling around in my mind and wouldn't let me sleep, put it on paper and that was it. Like from there, I started writing poetry, I started writing plays, I started writing stories. And again, it didn't matter whether I showed them to anybody or not, just the 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 process of getting them out of my head and onto paper allowed more room in my brain for new stories or, or other things just to get me through the day so it it was such a blessing and I've I've thanked her so many times for just allowing me to make mistakes and allowing me to be that overactive imagination kid who can come up with a sentence that actually went for five lines and not go cranky at us. I don't think some teachers realize like how much of an impact they can make with just one little thing can completely change someone's life. Totally agree. And I had thought that originally I wanted to be a teacher, but I just, I too many little personalities that I would have felt <laughs> responsible for, I couldn't do it. But I, I actually get to do that now when I go into schools and I get to teach them about, you know, how to get those ideas out of their head and onto paper. And, you know, some of the, especially when I tell them that story about, you know, I'm an author and I'm bad at spelling. They're just like, what? <laughs> is, is that allowed? Are you allowed to do that? Yeah. You know, and, and giving them permission to make mistakes and giving them permission not to be perfect. I think we forget about that um, in schools where we're so worried about them ticking boxes and having to conform to a, a curriculum that really doesn't always uh, initiate that beautiful self-expression. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I do get to go into schools and, and maybe value add where sometimes a teacher can't. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. If we want to find you or purchase your books, what do we do? Absolutely. So if you go to michelleworthington.com, that's got a link to all of my social media and also all of my books. And if you have any questions at all about any sort of story that you're trying to get out of your head, I'm more than happy to help as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do not forget to subscribe to continue getting our episodes and you can find us on Facebook at the Sick of It podcast or Instagram at Sick of It underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.